Hey friend, welcome back to Bible Tract Echoes. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. Thank you so very much for joining me today. I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles, go to the book of 1 Kings chapter number 21. That's where I am right now, 1 Kings chapter 21. While you do that, let's ask a question from this gospel tract that I have in my hand. It's called, Where Are the Dead? Where are the dead? This gospel tract right here, we've been printing for years. Put an updated front cover on it not that long ago. Kind of catches the eye. I'd ask for you, if you're interested in getting some, to go to BibleTracksInc.org. At BibleTracksInc.org, that's our website, you can find dozens of gospel tracts just like this one. They all have the singular goal of bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'd ask you if you'd like to use gospel tracts, I'd encourage you to use gospel tracts, but if you'd like to, go to our website, order Where Are the Dead? You can find it for free as always. We're in 1 Kings chapter number 21. Going to read the first three verses, give a very brief review, and we're going to dive right in. 1 Kings 21 verse number one, the Bible says this, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria, or close by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. What he said was here, it's not for sale. We've been talking this week about this thought that there are and there should be some things in your life and in mine that are not for sale. Seems like all around us, people are making decisions that are causing them to change from positions that they've held for years. I'd encourage you to get something that sticks in your craw where you, where you say, I'm not going to be a sellout. We asked yesterday, is your doctrine for sale? We asked questions like, who sets your doctrine? Is it your parents, your pastor, your God? Who is it? What are some doctrines that could be considered non-negotiable? Meaning, you're not going to sell these ones no matter what. And then we asked, why are they non-negotiable? Why are these things so very important to you that you you would say, I can't give these ones up. How well do you know your doctrine? Do you read your Bible? I hope that you listening right now to this program, it's not the only Bible, not the only spiritual food that you get all day or all week. I hope you know this book and that you go to this book to feed yourself spiritually often. The question I want to ask today is this though, are your distinctives for sale. Here's a definition for distinctive. To recognize as distinguishing or different. Recognize the salient or individual features or characteristics of. To mark off as different. Now that's kind of a wordy definition. I want to give you this thought from Charles Spurgeon as well. While the Christian religion is an internal thing, there is no religion in the world which shows itself so much externally. Let me say that again from Charles Spurgeon. While the Christian religion is an internal thing, 
There is no religion in the world which shows itself so much externally. Think about that. Our decision to follow Christ, uh, salvation, what God has done in us, uh, us accepting him as our personal Lord and Savior, it's not something that comes with a gold star and a smiley face that you put on your forehead or on your shirt like we used to back when we were in school. It's not the type of thing where you just carry around a lanyard that says, I'm a Christian. It's an internal change. But as he said, there is nothing that shows itself so much externally as this inward change. Let me give you a couple Bible verses to back that up. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, the Bible says this, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lastly, for now, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. I want you to think about these things. Mull them over while I'm speaking. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Think about this. Here's a question for you. If we are, as Mr. Spurgeon alluded to, if we are different on the inside, meaning salvation... Would it make sense that we should be different on the outside? If we are different than the world, meaning this, that we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, he is primo, he is top, he is our master, he is our commander, he is, he is who we live for. And that's an inward thing. But you know what the Bible talks about, that man looketh on the outward appearance. God looketh on the heart, but man does look on the outward appearance. So I ask this question, are your distinctives for sale? Meaning, I asked, I think on Monday, cash, convenience, comfort, crowd, connections, carnality. Or how about this? Could any of those make you sell out some of these things that are sincerely held beliefs, supposedly? Or how about culture? I hear all the time about people telling me our culture today is different than in the Bible. That's true, but there are some things that are still, should be, that should still be distinctives. Let's continue on. We'll get to that more in just a moment. How, I ask you this, how can you tell Christians apart from the world? I want you to fill in the blank. How can you tell Christians apart from the world? What are some things that may come to mind for you? What are some things that they do? that they speak or that they wear differently. I'm talking, oh, you're, Brother Micah, you're talking about our clothes. How dare you? I'm going to tune you out. Friend, if this is what causes you to tune out, then I'm sorry. But I must warn you for just a moment. I've only given you four, five, six verses of Bible here to back up what I'm saying. Come out from among them and be ye separate. We are supposed to be different from the world. So I ask, how can you? How can you tell Christians apart from the world? 
If we wear the same thing, listen to the same music, speak with the same vulgarities, have the same sort of ungrateful spirit and disrespect, if we have all those things, how could someone ever tell us, tell that we are different from the world? Let's continue on. How do we decide? How should we decide in or how we are to be different? In what ways should we be different from the world? How do we decide that? Well, I believe that there are biblical principles. Now, we're not going to get too deep into those today, but I'm just asking, is there anything about you? If you look at yourself as you walk out of your house, look at yourself in the mirror before you walk out of the house, is there anything about you? The way you carry yourself. I'm not even talking about your dress right now. I'm talking about the smile that should be on your face. I'm talking about the countenance. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. Is there anything about you that's distinct from the world? Let's continue on. What are, let me ask this question, what are some distinctives that Christians would be wise to not give up? Say, Brother Micah, you are a Bible tracks guy. You're an evangelist. You, 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 should, you should probably stick to, and this program should be all about the gospel all the time. Well, let's pause for just a moment. I want you to consider that. If we are no different than the world, if there's nothing about us, I'm talking about our peace, I'm talking about our joy, I'm talking about our fellowship, I'm talking about our unity, I'm talking about our connection with God. If there's nothing about us that is evidently, not subtly, but evidently different about us than the world, why should the world want what we have? Explain to me, please. Why should a lost and dying world running headlong towards hell and damnation, why should they want what we have if we don't look any different than them? You say you're meddling now, Brother Micah. No, friend. I believe the Bible. Be not conformed to this world. Explain to me what that's talking about. But let me ask this question. Do distinctives alone make you holy? I've just come off of saying my piece. I, I've just kind of gotten the mix a little bit, kind of gotten, maybe, maybe rubbed you raw just a little bit. We'll pause here for just a moment. I'll answer that question. Do distinctives alone make you holy? Absolutely not. You can't wear the right clothes to get to heaven. May I also say a pharisaical attitude about modesty or about music or about any of these things won't get you to heaven. And so I don't endeavor to have that attitude. I, I, I truly, truly hope and pray that if you, if that has not been perceived today. But you, distinctives won't make you holy. They won't take you to heaven. But at the same time, I do believe that a Christian should be distinct. Maybe you have a differing opinion. If so, I'd love to hear it. Maybe you'd say, I think you're off your rocker. Well, I'd love to hear it. I have found that in every critique, there's a grain of truth. And so, if you agree with me or you don't agree with me, I'd love to hear from you. 
You can text me. Maybe some guys would not want to hear your opinion. I truly do. I want to know what you think. And if you have Bible to back up what you think, I want to hear it even more. You can text me at 309-316-7240. Again, that number is 309-316-7240. I want to thank you very much for listening today. I ask and hope that you'll tune in tomorrow. As we conclude today, I want to tell you what a blessing it is to me personally that you would tune in to Bible Tract Echoes. It'd be kind of foolish for me to be talking to this camera and microphone without someone on the other end to receive it. Let me thank you very much for your investment of time. As always, my prayer is this, that you have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.